0: Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast we have part four in our series, A New Way to Be Human. Today we're going to be looking at the uh, radical concept of slow church, (laughs) slowing down and paying attention to our lives. So uh, before that we're going to hear a little music from Daft Punk. So let's head over to North Shore Vineyard downtown Covington for the talk. Thanks for listening. Find out more about North Shore Vineyard at www.northshorevineyard.org. Thanks. Over. Work it. Make it. Do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. was just playing before I got up here. It's not. We're not turning this church into a disco. Uh, ha, ha, do, do we have any Daft Punk fans in here? Okay. My wife. <laughs> cool. Um, this, this song, I wanted to play it because it actually is tied into the message this morning. I believe a, a lot of people kind of think of Daft Punk. They're this electronic band. They think, oh, it's just dance music, and, and it is dance music. But... This song is called Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, and, and if you listen to it, I really believe it is the, uh, it could be the anthem for the modern world, right? And, and it's interesting. I think that the band, the song is a lot deeper than people uh, uh, tend to think of it. You've got people singing with robot voices, harder, better, faster, stronger. Harder, better, faster, stronger, make it better, work, work, our work is never over. And, and I believe it's, it's one of those songs that, that really captures kind of where we're going, that, that in a sense, remember the old dream of the Jetsons about technology? Remember that? Like there was one day, one day technology was going to free us up to just enjoy life, right? How's that working for you? Right? Like, we get wonderful technologies like iPads and the Internet and cell phones and, and uh, seat warmers and, you know, all these wonderful things. And is our lives, are, are our lives getting any more simple? Are our lives getting, are, are we embracing humanity? Are we embracing what it means to be human? I would say at the end of the day, we're probably becoming more like robots than anything. Just always on, always distracted, never fully engaging in life, never fully present to one another. Even as I say this, there's probably some of you in this room who are looking at your iPhones and checking on, it's okay, I'm not trying to point anybody out. Someone's like, dang. No, I just know. (laughs) Uh, today, the last few weeks, I've been talking about, uh, we've been in a series called A New Way to Be Human, and I've been talking about what it means to be human beings indwelt by the Spirit of God, what it means to live our lives in the example of the incarnation of Jesus. Jesus was fully God, but he was fully human. He didn't lay aside his humanity. He actually laid aside his divinity to step into our world. And we have this weird idea oftentimes that God wants us to be angels, you know, like or, <laughs> that, that we're just supposed to be, you know, super spiritual, you know, head in the clouds. Everything's, oh, but, but really God wants us to be fully human. I love what Irenaeus said in the second century, the glory of man, the glory of God is a man fully alive. That man in a universal term, woman applies there too. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. And so today I want to talk about another aspect of this and it is slowing down and paying attention. I'm going to try to do it really quickly, too. <laughs> try, to, try to really quickly talk about slowing down. I read a book a few years ago by a guy named Carl Honore. He was a, a Canadian journalist. And in his mid-30s, uh, you know, about 35, I think, he... he You know, he traveled around all over the world, you know, doing journalism. And he's at an airport one time, and he is browsing through the books that they have, and he sees a book that really catches his eyes, and it was one-minute children's stories, one-minute bedtime stories. And he's like, that's awesome. I want that. But then it occurred to him how messed up his life was (laughs) that a one-minute children's story book would appeal to him. Because he had gotten into such a habit of overwork that that even spending time with his his three or four-year-old child at night was becoming a burden. It was an interruption in, in his life. He would quickly put his child to bed and then go back to work for hours and then wake up and do it again. And we, we have this this habit in our culture. And, and so he realized like something is wrong. And so... He decided, I want to look into a different way of doing this. And what he came across was, you probably haven't heard of it yet because it's, it's a little slow to take off. It's the slow movement. <laughs> there is actually a revolution going on, slowly in this world, <laughs> called the slow revolution. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes? Yes? Oh, oh, I thought you were Oh, you're Do you have a question? Oh. It's my mom. She's here to heckle me. Slowly. The slow movement is a revolt against the relentless drive towards more, better, faster that has characterized the world since the industrial revolution and continues at an exponential pace as a result of the technological revolution. The slow movement questions whether societies and cultures may be losing their soul for the sake of efficiency and productivity, building a wonderful world where wonder itself is relegated to the margins. Does that sound like society today? Building a, wor- a wonderful world where true wonder is relegated to the margins. Much of the slow movement started around the concept of slow food back in the mid-80s in, in Italy. Slow food is food that is prepared with intentionality, fresh ingredients, and celebrated with others. As far as the slow food's proponents are concerned, the journey from growing the food to distributing the food, to arriving on your table, is as important as the actual destination, the meal itself. The slow foods movement recognizes the central place of the table in relationships and that a meal can be nourishing relationally and emotionally as well as physically. But the growing slow movement isn't simply about food, but about coming out from under the tyranny of the urgent in all areas of life, living as human beings, not as human doings. Carl Honore, he, he, he stumbled onto a, a group of people, and this, this movement is happening in pockets around the world who are, who are rebelling against the fragmentation, the more, better, faster, stronger uh, you know, like that song that was playing. People who are rebelling against that saying, that is not necessarily life. We're opting out. The slow movement, the slow foods movement, I'm really fascinated by this because I feel, I feel like it has so much. Actually, I read this book a couple of years before we planted the church. And, and I love the concepts. Now, they're not concepts that are embraced by most of the church in America these days. You know, I, I find I, I just got back from a pastors' conference uh, this last week. We got in last night, but I find oftentimes at pastors' conferences there are all kinds of things on how to do more, or better, faster, stronger. You know, just how to get people saved and get them through this baseball diamond, get them into a class, and da 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 da. But I will tell you something that I noticed when we started this church. I think probably one of our biggest groups of people that we attracted initially was what I'd call the de-churched. Some of you were de-churched. These are people who believed in Jesus, who'd been very involved in church, and they just got burned out. They served, and they served, and they found their... And look, that was me. I won't do a ray of hands. I know who you are in here. You know, you've talked to me, you know. The D church people, they come to church and they're very reluctant to get involved with anything because they've they they've they've burned themselves out serving in the church. They became human doings rather than human beings. Oftentimes this 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 always serving, it's it's not from a place of like overflow. It's from a place of trying to get God to to you know jump through hoops so God will give you know give us favor or something. You know, if I do all this for God, then He'll bless me. I think probably a better way to understand it is that we are as blessed as we're ever going to get in Jesus Christ. Like, like, that's it. Like, anything else is just, uh, as you say in Louisiana, land lanyap, right? Anything else is land lanyap. And maybe the way that we do church shouldn't just be about more, better, faster, stronger. Perhaps there's a different way, a slower way, a slower, more deliberate way more intentional way of being a community. It's not as sexy. (laughs) But that's where I believe God is leading us as a people. And I believe that this stuff comes right out of the ministry of Jesus. Do you realize if you looked at the ministry of Jesus, I don't think anybody, you know, if you look at him from today's church standards, nobody be inviting Jesus to speak on church growth at their conferences. Because... By today's standards, the ministry of Jesus was an abject failure. I mean, think about it. He poured his life into 12 guys, one who would betray him, the other 11 who would turn away in his darkest hour. Every time Jesus got crowds of thousands of people, he would run away, or he would tell the person that he just healed, don't tell anybody, okay? You know, Like, let's just keep this between you and me. Like, everything Jesus did was kind of anti-marketing, anti-building a crowd. Like, it just was reverse of the way we think. And yet, it ended up being just like Jesus said it would. He said, the kingdom of God, it's like a mustard seed. It looks small and insignificant. It's the smallest of the seeds that you could find. And yet, that seed's going to grow to be the biggest plant in the garden. Birds are gonna make their nests in it. He said it's it's like leaven in a loaf of bread, yeast. You know, if you see a lump of dough, you put some yeast in it, it's a mysterious process that goes on, particularly back at this time of the world. They didn't know anything about science. It looked like magic, you know. We put this stuff in and then all of a sudden it starts expanding and it gets bigger. That, that yeast works its way throughout the whole thing. But the whole process seems almost invisible. You can't see it with the naked eye. And that's what Jesus said. And, and, and sure enough, here we are today, 2,000 years later, because of that small, insignificant failure of a movement that Jesus did, right? <laughs> Jesus did something that, 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 that wasn't impressive on the outside and yet it was the very transforming life of God that has grown up to, to, to be the biggest movement in the world and will one day overtake the whole world. But it's a slow movement. I want to look at a couple of things this morning Ways that we can slow down and pay attention. I think we need to treat slowness and, and and attentiveness as spiritual disciplines in our life as much as we treat the Bible or prayer as spiritual disciplines in our life. Because I believe in this world, it's not getting any simpler. Uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I I read a whole lot, but I'm finding it hard to read now. You know because. My brain is getting so conditioned by web pages and technology; it's hard to pay attention to anything for five minutes. And I see that every weekend. I see the looks on your faces after I go about five minutes, you know. And uh, and <laughs> so I want to read a couple of passages. The first one is from it's it's the message paraphrase. I love the way Eugene Peterson renders this in Matthew eleven, twenty eight through thirty. I think I even put it in your. Um, bullets in there. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Don't you love that? Put that on your mirror. Look at that in the morning. You know, there's a saying of Jesus. uh, He says, you know... What would it mean to to gain the whole world but to lose your soul? I think as a good evangelical Christian, I I used to think of that saying in terms of your eternal destiny. Like, you know, you'll, you'll lose your ticket to heaven. However, I think the more I read the words of Jesus, he didn't say a whole lot. He didn't spend a whole lot of emphasis in his ministry on the hereafter. He talked a whole lot about the here and now. Yeah, we were driving around Houston yesterday, and it's like those old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you know, where the background just keeps repeating, you know. the <laughs> You got the cat and mouse, and it's like you see the same trees, the same buildings, you know. It's like that in Houston. Uh, no offense to, to Houston. I grew up in Texas, so I can talk about Texas, all right? So, uh, But it's like if I had been asleep in the car and I just woke up, I couldn't tell you what part of Houston I was in It all. It's the same repeating box stores you know grocery stores consumer outlets car dealerships the same things over and over you know one of the things I love about New Orleans that's a city with a soul right I mean it's got personality Somehow it has survived all these years and it, it, there, there's something special about it. Even with all the Walmarts and stuff moving to town, it's a, it's a special place. It's got a personality. When Jesus talks about losing your soul, I don't think he, I mean, while it does include your internal destiny, I think what he's, he's getting at is, is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality, the thing that makes you, you. What would it profit you to have all the technolo- te- technology in the world, all the stuff, all of these great things, and then to lose the thing that makes you a unique, image-bearing child of God? There's a different way. But first we start by paying attention to Jesus. We've got to slow down and pay attention to, pay attention to Jesus. We've got to come to Him. And we will recover our life in the unforced rhythms of grace. Those words, they just, they feel like life, don't they? Unforced rhythms of grace. Get some of that. Trading in religious activity for relationship with Jesus. You know, one thing that we've been committed to since early on in this church is doing church in a sustainable way. And what that means is that we don't get to offer as many things as I wish we could offer on the weekends. You know, I was hoping a year into this church that we'd have a thriving youth ministry. I even tried to lead the youth ministry um, and quickly realized that was not sustainable. It was, it was a lot to add to my plate as a pastor. And so we haven't had a consistent youth service since we got here. And, and I'm bummed because I've got a teenage daughter. and I would like her to have a youth pastor here. But I'm not going to fall under the tyranny of the urgent and just try to make something happen. Because I can tell you in all my years of ministry, I've seen that scenario happen over and over. And there's a lot of youth pastors that don't even believe in Jesus anymore. (laughs) A lot of kids who were messed up by Band-Aid solutions like that. And so what do we do? We wait. We wait. We wait for God to, to show us what to do. Bring us the right person. It's not because we don't love youth; we do love youth. And if you're youth and you have to suffer through this service, I'm sorry. <laughs> this means in children's ministry, we had to tell tell uh, some of the young mothers that that we're not able to offer uh, ministry. Uh, you know, we're not we don't have enough workers for infants and toddlers at the moment because everybody who has infants and toddlers, you know, they, they've had to step out of the rotation because they're having babies. You know, and we want people to be able to. We, we think that's okay, that they can spend time with their babies. <laughs> but we just have to say we're committed to a way of being sustainable. And so we say that in every ministry in this church, we only expect people to serve one, maybe two weekends out of the month. And this means my wife, Dina. Raise your hand. Dina's our children's ministry director. Um, if she jumped up every time there was somebody who didn't show up on a Sunday morning, she'd never be in here, right? Right? I want my wife to be a part of this church too, right? <laughs> yeah, y'all want her to be too. <laughs> but it's we're we're going for something sustainable here, and that means that you know a lot of people would say, well, from a church, uh, you know, in this culture, if if you don't offer these things, you know, like the three things you got to have good in a church is children's ministry, worship, and preaching. You know, if you don't have those, uh, well, we have good children's ministry every time we offer it; it's great it's some of the, and and there, there's some I know a lot of people who just keep coming back because like my kids love being here. Uh, and they got they've got yeah woo. And we've got people who love children. I mean Dina loves being with kids. But we love having her in here too. So we're committed to something that's sustainable. We pay attention to Jesus. We get involved in the unforced rhythms of grace. We're not going to work beyond our means you've done that with your budget before everybody yeah you ever live behind beyond your means we've done that plenty but you get in debt we can see that with money like we get that but we do that with with our own actual lives don't we we get in debt we 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 work more than we need to work even for god even in the church we go beyond our boundaries we 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 live in ways that cannot be sustained and so that's why when we started this church we had so many dechurched people like i i want to come to church but i don't want to do anything and we're like it's okay you can just <laughs> you can just get healed up for a while eventually we're going to put you to work but we're not going to burn you out because we're committed to that as a pastor um you know i don't know pat like You know, when he first started coming over here, they were commuting over here from the South Shore. And uh, he was, he loves playing music. But I had to tell him one time, like, Pat, you need to sit down for a while. Just be a father and a husband because you're more than a bass player. You know, you're a good bass player, by the way. (laughs) But I value Pat not as a bass player. I value him as a human being. I appreciate what he brings when he's here, but he's much more than that. And so is my wife. So are all of you, right? Unforced rhythms of grace. We pay attention to Jesus. We come to him for life. We live in that. And it's not a hurried, frenetic, oh my gosh, we got, you know, have you seen the bumper sticker? Jesus is coming, look busy. <laughs> you know, <like> that. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> We want to be able to pay attention to Jesus, but to pay attention to Jesus requires that we slow down, that we settle into the peace of God. Pay attention to the creation. I love what Jesus says. I'm going to paraphrase it here. In Matthew chapter 6, we sang a song about this this morning. Jesus says, why do you worry? Why do you worry about the clothes you're going to wear, the food you're going to eat, the, the kind of house that you're going to live in? Why do you worry? Everybody worries about that. Like that's, that's, that's the human condition. He says, but instead, why don't you go outside and pay attention to the birds and the trees and the flowers? Look at creation and the care of God and know that as cool as creation is, as beautiful as that flower is, as, as amazing as these birds are that, that fly into your yard and make beautiful songs that, that you're more valuable than those, you were created in the image of God, and your father knows what you need before you even ask for it. I tell you, there is times in my life where I get anxious about finances are anxious about this situation and that. And sometimes it seems so counterintuitive to just stop (laughs) and go sit by a lake (laughs) or sit down in my backyard. But I know if I will do that, some of you today, maybe you're in here and you're just torn up with, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage this month. I don't know how we're going to make it here. We don't have enough in this account to do the things we need. I would tell you this afternoon, Maybe wait till it gets a little later in the day and it's not so hot. <laughs> Go sit by Lake Train. Go take a walk on the trace. Look at creation. When I do that, it settles me on the inside. My life is in the hands of God. I'm, I'm getting the testimony of the very creation of God. And, and, and I settle down. Again, though, you can't pay attention to creation if you're always going, right? You can't. I think that's one of the best things. If you commute to the South Shore, I know we got a lot of people. Man, that's a great opportunity. Turn off the radio. You don't need to listen to talk radio tomorrow on your commute. Turn off the morning shows. And just, just look at the sun coming up over Train. Get settled by that. Pay attention to Jesus. Pay attention to creation. Pay attention to your own soul. You know, I think one of the biggest issues that we have in this world, we don't pay attention to what's going on, on the inside. I lived many years just on autopilot, you know, even in the church. Harder, better, faster, stronger, harder, harder make it better. I, I, I did that. But I continually have to come back and ask myself the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why? Am I just on autopilot or am I living from my values? Am I just going through the motions or am I living from my soul? Am I living from the things that God's put on the inside? Am I just letting this this world around me squeeze me into the box? The Apostle Paul said in in Romans 12, don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. Be transformed from the inside out. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is my mind being renewed? Is my life being renewed from the inside out? Or am I being squeezed into the mold? Even in the mold of a pastor. That was one of the great things I got this week at that that conference. You know, I think even as a pastor, like there's certain weights that, that I put on myself. And it's like, I don't need to do that. That's my own stuff, though. So pay attention to your own soul. Pay attention to God in all of life. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we have this tendency to divide our our world into the sacred and the secular, don't we? Like, what we do here is the sacred, the holy stuff, but, you know, then I got to go back to work, and that's not holy at all. That's like crazy. You know, it's normal. Or I'm with my wife, I'm with my kids, and that's just normal stuff. And then I do the spiritual stuff over here. No, your whole life is spiritual. Every facet of your life is contained in God. Pay attention. Slow down. Look at the work you're doing as spiritual. Look at conversations as a holy space. It is. You know, this conference I went to this last week, like we, we had a lot of sessions at night and uh, had Great times of worshiping together. There were some amazing speakers. But I got to tell you, my favorite part at all these conferences isn't that. I love worshiping. I love hearing a good message. My favorite part is sitting down with my friends afterwards and having dinner. Or sitting out by the pool, having a cigar late at night and talking. Because there's something there's something holy in that conversation, in that space. When we just... Take time to set down, put work aside, put all this and and just to, to be there. And I hear God, I have got more from God in those conversations. I it. did. But it's not just those. It's conversations in everyday life. When I'm working, when I'm doing things. And and understand when I say working, like like being a pastor, it's not all like angels and you know, hallelujah. You know, like a lot of it's just really normal, everyday stuff. Stuff that's no fun, you know, but uh, learning how to see every moment, every conversation, paying attention for what God is saying because He's always up to something. Looking at meals is a sacred time. I love that thing from the slow foods movement. Like, I know that's a very rare thing today. Like, who eats together, right? That's so 2000. 1990. You know what I mean? <laughs> the idea of, of a family meal. A family meal nowadays is, is you hit Chick-fil-A between soccer practice and the next activity, and everybody eats it in a separate place in the car on your way to somewhere else. Oftentimes, and, and, and this is my family included, how many times do you, even when you go out for a special meal, how many of you notice it's just all four people. I, you see this in restaurants, right? Like, like I remember, like back. I'm, I'm sounding like an old crotchety dude now. Uh, I remember back in the old days, like going out to eat was like a special thing. And you you would you would enjoy like spending time with other people and talking. Now it's like you have four people, family of four, and the food comes. Pay attention. Let's look at meals as a sacred time. Let's look at conversations as a sacred time. Let's look at that as the space that God inhabits. And that's a window to to engage in what God is doing. I'm not saying fast food is bad. It is, though. (laughs) But slow food is better. Slow food is better. Let's, Let's look at some of these these unforced rhythms of grace, a very unforced rhythm in your daily life, maybe, maybe the, the idea of actually having a meal together every day is, is, is too far out there, but maybe you can try it a couple times a week. Take some time to prepare something. Take some time to enjoy it with one another. Take some time to, to turn these things off and, and set them on the side, that we pay attention to one another. We pay attention to God in one another. I got to tell you, we, if we incorporate a little bit of these things, we begin to recover our soul. We begin to, to get our humanity back. <laughs> we begin to break the, the cycle of just going through the motions of getting our identity tied up in what we do. And we start realizing that we aren't our jobs. We're human beings created in God's image. We start to to... Uh, engage in the abundant life that he has for us. But it means to slow down, pay attention. And y'all have done a wonderful job at it this morning, by the way. So this morning, why don't you stand up, and I just want to close by reading these words of Jesus two more times. We're just going to reflect on this. We're going to slow down a moment and let our lives be oriented by this. And I just ask you to maybe keep in mind, maybe there's a phrase in this passage that will stand out to you, um, and just hold on to that. This is Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest, take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Father God, we just admit our weakness in this area to, to slow down and pay attention, God. We we come to you this morning, people who live fragmented and distracted lives, God. But we don't want to, Lord. We want to be people who are whole, who are at peace, who can get still. We want to be people who have real life and who are not always just chasing after the images around us, Lord. God, I bless this congregation this morning with the grace to slow down, the grace to be still, the grace to let go of worries this morning and to trust you. May you bless us with eyes to see you in every aspect of our lives, not just in the things we consider spiritual, God. May you bless us with the ability to slow down, to pay attention to what you're doing, God. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You feel the peace of God in here this morning? That's good. Go in peace. Have some members of our prayer team up here and they'll pray with you. God bless you. Happy Father's Day.